sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match this. Here's how we practice. The last conversation. Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. And this is Patrick McCarty. And this is our third uh, so far of the uh, in our best music series. So this is the best best songs of 2014 uh, part one. The best of the best. 2014. The, yes, because uh, as you may or may not know, every month I make a, around a CD's worth of uh, a music that I put together um, from usually from that month or, or, you know, the past couple months, maybe um, of new music that I think is the best of that month. And uh, I, I share them with Pat and other friends. And uh, so I've made six of these so far. And how many songs total have been on it? Did you say Pat? 129. 129. So we whittled that down to 10 each, which is uh, 13. What? 10 each, that's 13. Oh, so. 10 plus 10, yeah. Right. And uh, I'm very proud this year. It was the first time I did did any like helping, and, and you did you liked some of the songs I picked out, so yay me. Well, I, I mean, I like all these songs anyway. That's why I put them on the thing. So I, no, I, no, no. I mean, I, I sent you a list of some songs I liked. And, oh, right. Know, Correct. And I and I put ended up putting them on the mix. Yeah. Shoot. I'll, I'll get songs from anywhere. I like, you know, you can never hear too much new music, I feel like. I was just proud that I heard it before you. I was like, hey. Yeah. And then pretty, I had stopped it when I got the new job, and I picked it up a little bit in April, but I, I had to get back to it. Because it, it's a lot of fun hunting them down, like listening to KXP, or there's a, there's a, a bunch of different places I found to find new music, which is good. Like good new music. Yeah, there's always there's always tons of good new music if you just have to dig it out. Yeah, and but I I was just looking at my last list and a, a couple of them you had you had found independently and I was like, oh, that's neat. We have similar taste. I think of, we knew one that. One of the one of the songs in this is 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 one of those one of the ones you picked. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's fun. Always fun to to find new music and um and you know we're not. I don't think either one of us really listens to like radio. We're definitely not top 40 people. So, um, so it's fun to like go to blogs or wherever and, and just find new stuff. No, but I am pleasantly surprised when I hear a top 40 hit that doesn't make me want to change the station. Oh, me too. Um, I like I, I really enjoyed that Lord song. I guess it got overplayed, but I, I liked it. Yeah. I, I didn't hate it, but, um, but it was, it was never going to make like my, my, best of mix but no but it wasn't gonna make no, your... it wasn't yeah it wasn't the black eyed peas yeah um yeah so we're we're pulling from this and uh we're gonna start with pat's first pick um hey are i i guess we'll do a break after we do 10 maybe huh yeah that sounds good yeah that, all right uh, sorry for airing our do you, do you process a... on air you just well, want to take a break right now. Yeah, maybe. Um, I do kind of need to change my diaper, but I think I can hang in. Uh, so your first pick was, well, why don't you say? Broken Bells After the Disco. And, and this is just a great album, and this is a great song from a great album. It has a nice beat and has that little wicka sound behind it. And I don't actually know what makes that sound but his, his voice is sort of echoey on top of that beat and it just it all 
goes well together. Right, and and we have been fans of uh, of Broken Bells for a while anyway because uh, it's uh, it's Danger Mouse and uh, the dude from the Shins, James Mercer. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I think we've been fans since the start. For at least for me, it changed. I've been listening to a band from their very first, like when I first they just first talked about it. I was excited because I like I like the Shins so much. So yeah, it's, it's both albums I've liked a lot. They they didn't get worse with the second album. I I wonder if if this if he's going to do a Shins thing next. It's kind of neat that he has this side project, but he still has the Shins going on. This outlet, yeah. I mean, I and I don't really know, but I always assume um, that Danger Mouse has more of a voice in Broken Bells than maybe James Mercer does, but I don't know. I mean, he probably writes the lyrics and stuff, but musically, it it definitely sounds more like a Danger Mouse thing than a Shins. Yeah, to me. I, but I, I just, you're probably right, but I think they have a, a pretty equal set. When I've heard interviews with them, they kind of, they, they talk as if that like no one's in charge. Yeah, that's cool. That's total chaos. And it's, I mean, it's basically, uh, I don't know, pop, elect, electronic elements to it, and yeah, yeah. What indie pop? I don't know. Is that even a thing anymore? Can you call them indie pop? I don't know how independent or how indie they are but uh i, I don't know I, I they're still pretty independent because it's not like when when danger Mal, or uh, when broken bells comes around they're playing huge halls they're playing they're playing the small places so i don't think they're huge that's true i know and well let's see according to uh wikipedia i just looked them up uh, under genres for them they've got indie rock space rock and alternative rock which is all pretty much meaningless yeah, but I really want to hear more space rock. I don't think this is space rock. No, when I think of space rock, I think of stuff like uh, like Hawkwind from the seventies. But uh, well, let's. You want to play it? So sounds good. Yeah, here is uh, here is Broken Bells after the disco. Pat's first pick. Here you go. pick is something we've already done a whole episode on so we probably don't need to go too in-depth into it but it's a uh, saint vincent digital witness so wonderful i would have picked this as well 
but you had already got got to it before me. It's yeah, and you really almost fun. picked uh, her other song, "Birth in Reverse," for one of your picks, but we decided let's just keep it to like one artist. Especially one artist, we've already done her whole CD. And when we did that that episode with her, I hadn't listened to it nearly enough. And the more I listen, the more I like it. It's all the songs just kind of stick with you in a good way. And this is is a especially good one with with absurd lyrics, but a great sound. Yeah, both of these, uh, this one and uh, Broken Bells, both uh, totally worth buying the whole albums. Oh yeah, yeah. There's these for sure. I don't know, like some of the stuff on here, I don't know about the rest of the, the artist's work, but Broken Bells and St. Vincent are, are awesome albums. Yeah, and I guess, you know, we've already actually played played this on the other episode too and talked enough about it. Uh, but So let's just uh, listen to it. This is Annie Clark, a.k.a. St. Vincent with Digital Witness. simple song but it's beautiful yeah very uh it's it's i was kind of surprised you like this one well maybe not really but it's very definitely very uh psychedelic pop i guess i guess that's there but her voice is strong throughout it and it kind of has in the middle of the song kind of like more people are singing but her voice is just overwhelms everything else it's a really nice voice why were you surprised i I liked it oh because it's it is very psychedelic to my mind like it's got definitely the the whole 60s psychedelic pop sound uh to the guitar and the melodies i don't think i've ever had a problem with that so okay yeah i well they're out of boston i guess her dad um anna fox ruchinski i guess her dad is a really big jazz guitarist not just jazz bebop jazz yeah yeah, bop jazz so not shitty jazz like kenny g yeah um (laughs) Well, is the, is there shitty jazz guitarist? I think if you're a jazz guitarist, you, you're probably doing good stuff. It's just saxophone people who who tend to, to sound like Kenny G. I don't like know. There's ones. there's some pretty shitty jazz guitarists, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I of course I I think like isn't Pat Metheny? I don't even know how you say that dude's name. Is he a jazz guitarist? I'm gonna look him up right now. I don't know, uh, but I thought I've never heard his stuff. But his takedown on Kenny G made me assume that he was a, he was a good performer. He is a guitarist. Yeah, I think he's a. Uh, well, yeah, he did a lot of jazz like fusion stuff that I knew of. That's why, which I was never into. But um. But have you ever read that diatribe? I did. I I read it on. Uh, maybe somebody on Facebook linked to it or something. I don't know how I ever found that. 
Yeah, no, that was pretty great. Well, he's uh, not I, he's I mean, not Kenny G level. He's just boring jazz to me. Um, but but not anywhere near that bad. I just don't like jazz fusion that much, which is what I associate him with. Uh, none of with which really has anything to do with the music of Quilt. Nothing. Oh well, her father might have some opinions on on Kenny G and Pat Metheny. Yeah, oh, I'm sure he does. But let's uh, yeah, let's give a listen to Quilt. And God damn it, I lost the name of the song. Tie up the tides. Tie up the tides. Here's Quilt. Pat's second pick. pick was Fantagram, uh, who've been around for a little bit, and I've I've liked mostly what I've heard from them. Um, they're also a, a duo. Yeah. Um, and it's and they're I don't know it's electronic pop again I guess you would call it. Uh, I I don't know I like this song. It starts with like you think it's going to be maybe something different than what it turns into because it kind of starts with feedback. And it's got like these sort of heavy sounding drums. It's kind of glitchy. And then it turns into more like uh, synth pop with like kind of dramatic vocals. They they kind of remind me of Cocteau Twins. Yeah, a little. Yeah. But yeah, it, it it's does. It's the dramatic start off. vocals for sure, I think. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, it does start one way and go another way. And they apparently they have an album planned with Big Boy. So get ready. No shit. Yeah. Well, Big Boy's always been uh, very Catholic in his musical tastes. Um, although I, and I've I've I really like most of the stuff I've heard from Big Boy, but I was I heard somewhere recently um, something about him being like really homophobic or something, which is a bummer. Um, but I don't know if it, I don't know how true it is. Well, Fanagram will 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 cure him of his of his ill ill thought. Thoughts. With the magic of music. The magic of electronic music. Yeah, because Big Boy usually just uh, is is associated with uh, acoustic guitar, folky strumming. So yeah, maybe the electronic music will... And accordion. Yeah, yeah, and accordion. Uh, occasionally a tin whistle. So he'll... Yeah, this might, this might be enough to turn him around. Um, get him you know, more into the clubs and seeing how the people there live. Uh, let's listen to a bit. Here is Fantagram 
with nothing but trouble. Also, uh, a terrible Dan Aykroyd movie, if I'm not mistaken. Which one was that? Nothing but trouble. Oh, I don't remember that one. Well, this is better. Uh, here, here's nothing but trouble from Fantagram. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm nothing just, but I'm... trouble had it actually had uh, Chevy Chase and John Candy and Demi Moore as well. Are you getting that from memory? Because I'm looking at the wiki page for it, and I I see that you're absolutely correct. I have it sewn into the waistband of my underwear. I see, but uh, also Dan Aykroyd. Not only did he star in it with those people, but he directed it. I believe that uh, co-wrote the movie with his brother Peter. Ah, Peter. I believe, uh, how did this get made? Did an episode on this. Oh, it's that bad. Yeah. Okay. So yes, listen to Fantagram. Don't see that movie, but you could watch, I mean, you could listen to the, how, how did this, oh, my choice, the autumn defense, this thing that I found. And so this, it's, this is another duo. Um, and the, one of the dudes is, uh, I didn't, I maybe might've known this at one point, but, uh, but he's from uh, Wilco and Uncle Tupelo. Yeah, I don't think the other guy, the, the bands that the other guy's involved with, I didn't recognize. No, me either. But this is, uh, you know, so definitely he comes from alt country, but this doesn't sound country. No, it's me. very 60s pop guitar. I don't even know, like, I thought George Harrison, but I think I made that up because I listened to a few George Harrison songs. And they don't really sound like this. Yeah. But I don't know who it is that I'm thinking of when I hear it, but I, I hear someone from the past and it's really good. It's definitely power pop. I would say, yeah, like seventies bands, like influenced by the Beatles for sure. Um, mm. although this is more like in the, in the downbeat category of, uh, of power pop. It's not like really, it's not cheap trick. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I when I first wrote down, I said seventies, but then I thought about it, but wasn't by the seventies they were using less, less, uh, more electric guitar. Wasn't it more 60s? Oh, I don't know. No, I think, yeah, I think uh, the 70s power pop, I mean, a lot of those bands were remained kind of obscure, but they were they were going with the Beatles sound and trying to, okay. trying to stick to that. Um, Another nice thing about this song is how he uses his voice. Like He, he kind of stretches out words in, in interesting ways. To, it sounds really good. Yeah, which uh, 
which has to do with, I guess, with the uh, the tempo of the song makes it easier mm -hmm. to do that. And uh, oh, did I mention? Actually, I don't know where uh, necessarily these guys are from, but um, but yeah, no, this is this is another really good one that I that I almost picked. Um, so let's let's take a listen to the Autumn Defense with uh, this thing that I found. An another thing they remind me of is the go-betweens. Oh, yeah, yeah, there is a bit of that in there. Especially that orange, was it orange, black, orange? That one album, I don't. I think it has the word orange in it. Yeah. That's the, all you need to know. That's all, yeah, that's all you need. It was their, I know which one you're talking about. It was their second uh, album after reforming. Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good call, too. So, uh, yeah, I think... Because they were also, I mean, I wouldn't call them power pop, but they were pop, but with also um, kind of downbeat a lot of their songs. Mm -hmm. I think their early stuff, like their when they were originally together, didn't sound anything like this. It had more of a a different kind of sound, like that Catalan King doesn't really sound like this, but that later stuff did sound a little bit like this. Yeah. Well, here, here it is, uh, this thing that I found from the Autumn Defense. What is this thing that I found? And can I handle it? Yeah. All of those girls that used to come around Yeah, they don't hold a candle to it And the Autumn Defense is a very indie indie pop name for a band. Yeah, it really is. Uh, they're not they're not looking for chart success for sure. <laughs> Although, I mean, this dude's been in Uncle Tupelo and Wilco, so I think he knows he's knows not to expect that. Um, my my next pick is Speedy Ortiz uh, with American Horror, and I don't know much about Speedy Ortiz uh, from Northampton, Massachusetts. I think named after some kind of baseball player or something. I I guess. I mean, I didn't know he had that nickname. David Ortiz is a big fat guy, so I guess it was like an ironic nickname. But the main reason I like this is uh, it just, it's kind of got a nostalgic sound. It, it sounds very much like 90s indie rock to me. Mm -hmm. I, li I like the combination of her voice with the strong electric guitars. And her voice kind of reminds me of Jenny Lewis. Oh yeah, I could see it. Um, yeah, I think it was more the uh, just the overall guitar sound and everything. It was definitely very. Um, it could have come out in the '90s, mm -hmm. uh, and and that so maybe it's a nostalgic, but it is also a good song. Yeah, yeah, it has fun lyrics like "Full of bees found you in the gloom and began their stinging." It's just I don't know. And uh, one thing I read was the band came together as the lead singer was a teacher at a summer camp oh so she was a, a vocal teacher at a summer camp and i i guess she met the other members of the band there or they were just in the same area and they they put together the first album on their her laptop 
so she this was probably uh her like this band was like her community service for uh for taking advantage of young troubled i don't know why that's the first thing you go to i've been to summer camp and i've seen meatballs i think that's all anybody needs to know have you really i've never been to i've been to a boy scout summer camp but never the summer kind of summer camp that had a meatballs have you been to one of those when you were a kid i went to one one i think one year um i I actually found it kind of miserable um for the most part just because i'm not like outdoorsy and i never have been Mm -hmm. so i was i was more happy like in my cabin reading and that's what all the other kids wanted to do too so they piled up with you and all uh being great friends yeah where we all keep in touch to this day and uh we're working on a novel together now i thought it was how many people are working on this novel 47 wow uh including uh one of the counselors (laughs) r.i.p jail cell what the hell was a boy scout camp what what is that you mean you it's, just went like on an overnight camping trip with the Boy Scouts? It was like a, it was a week long, a week long thing, intense, and they had it's similar to summer camp, but there's no girls there. Oh, there were no girls at mine either. I don't think. Oh, okay. So like, I'm thinking of meatballs where it's boys and girls together, and I don't know. I Who the hell know. knows? There might have been girls. Um, of course, you don't know. You're in the cabin reading the whole time. Exactly. Being, well, you know. Watching out for snakes. Um, wait, where are we? Oh, Speedy Ortiz. You still have to play it. Do I? I, I don't know. I feel like people get a, a sense of what it's about just from my talk about summer camp. <laughs> but, all right. Well, I'll, I'll do it just for you whiny bitches. Here is Speedy Ortiz with American Horror. Jack Name, Pure Terror. And I picked this, I like the song, and the first few times I listened to it, I, I couldn't quite f- figure out what it reminded me of, because it, it really, really sounds like, uh, I finally realized it's science fiction double feature from Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I don't know why it's, maybe it's the the melody of, of how he sings, because the, the instrumentation is, is nowhere similar, but how he sings is, is spot on. And then I thought I was crazy because it didn't show up when I Googled it and looked for that. And then a few months later it did show up. And then I, I 
gave the song like I linked to it on Facebook to people who are who have watched Rocky Horror Picture Show more than once, and they all came back with the same response that it's it's science fiction total feature. So that's that's a fun history behind it, but it's also a neat song. Yeah, I I don't really know the science fiction double. Oh, feature I should song. send it to you. Maybe you can put it at the end of the episode or whatever. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. We'll we'll play that one at the end. Um, and people can compare for themselves. Yeah, I so I mean it's possible that it's a an homage to that too. Who knows? I mean, yeah, I, I can't get much information about the guy. First of all, he he purposely changed his name. It's not Jack name, obviously, but. He, he says, I like the idea of destroying identity where all the same underneath it all under. And anyway, that was a quote I found about him that he said about why he's using this Jack name. But he, he he's a guitarist for White Fences, who I've never heard of. And apparently this album that Pure Terror is on is a sci-fi concept album. Right. <laughs> so I'd like to find it to hear how the rest sound. I really do like this song. I like White Fences, um, which is how I'm sure I found out about him. But um this was on the list I sent you to, though. Oh, maybe, yeah, yeah. But this is also, uh, it's different from White Fences. This has more of a, like, early David Bowie glam sound to it, to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I like how his voice sounds uh, changes throughout the song, too. It kind of has different things going on as the song builds up. Yeah, and I, I think it's probably not surprising you couldn't find a lot of, um, like, when you were first looking to compare it to the Rocky Horror Picture Show song, you couldn't find a lot of stuff because it's not like the dude's a household name. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I think it is funny, the idea of a sci-fi-themed record. And, and there's a lot of, like, sci-fi sounds in this one. Oh, yeah. I, this, this specific song, another thing I like is it kind of starts off with not a lot of sound, like, just a little bit, and it builds up all the way through the song until the end it's it's almost claustrophobic and it's and the, the very end is chaos and con- like a big conflagration it's just everything's going on at once it's clattering funny. yeah well i mean i think the the song from rocky horror pictures is called sci-fi double fiction double feature science fiction double feature science yeah. fi- so it's it's probably almost certainly an homage if he's doing a sci-fi themed yeah, album yeah I, yeah yeah makes I, sense i don't have to think so yeah, but yeah, no, this is a good song. Uh, let, let's play it for people. Here is Jack Name uh, with Pure Terror. We were zero to five The years of bullies arrived You know they came and neutralized Every shadow of And I was there with My pick is my next pick 
is uh, real estate with talking backwards, and uh, I this this is just like in my wheelhouse for for stuff I like. I mean, it yeah. sounds very. Um, it's again, how else do you describe it? Indie pop, I guess. Just, I describe it as perfect. It's really this. Yeah, indie pop sounds good. Lots of rep- repetition of guitar notes all the way through. Yeah, and then very, another guitar gum comes in and a strong drum beat. Yeah, that very pretty guitar. I mm-hmm. mean, it's almost REM-ish, you know, that kind of prettiness to the. And his his voice is really pretty too. And the lyrics on this song, not all of them are as, as pretty as this, but the lyrics on this song are really pretty. So. Yeah, it's really great, and they're I guess they're from uh, New Jersey, but I I guess they're in Brooklyn now, which is where I imagine if you're an indie band in New Jersey, that's where you're going to head. I didn't know they were in Brooklyn. I know the next song, the people are from Brooklyn. I didn't realize real estate is too. And I was, I was going to say this album is up there with broken bells and, and St. Vincent is my favorite of the year. As a really good, good album, album. Yeah. All the songs are good. I, I was going to, this is the other one where I was going to take the other real estate song. Cause the other one on that we have on, or you have on your, uh, top of the year is is really good too but this is a little bit better but the whole album is good it's, it's a strong strong album yeah it's got i mean they've got um they've got hints of like i said maybe rem a little in the guitar and and bell and sebastian mm-hmm. uh, even like a touch of like later period feelies uh which makes sense since they're from new jersey um yeah no this is just this is just uh one of the one of those albums that like it's it's not a uh, break any new ground anywhere but it's it's really just great songwriting throughout um which is which is enough of a feat i feel like uh so let's let's play it for people here's real estate with talking backwards I'd like to. I, I wonder, as uh, I can't get a handle on like a lot of these artists, how popular they are. I wish, especially real estate, was bigger than they seem to be because it's really good. And it seems like that if it got listened in the right places, they would be popular everywhere. Yeah, I think I saw them playing on Letterman or something. Okay, that's um, good. So yeah, they're they're not doing too bad, I would imagine. Um, good. Although I don't I don't know you know what that even means anymore when bands play on late night talk shows. Like I don't know if it does anything for them. Mm-hmm. because I think most people just like look for watch clips of those now and look for funny, you know, 
whatever they hear about online is funny. I don't know how many people stay up and watch entire shows. Yeah, that's true. So it might just be like, you know, preaching the converted and and like real estate's fans are going to be like, Oh, they're on. So let me, let me watch that. Um, Cause I, I'm not sure that this is like going to really appeal to uh, an audience like the, the 70 year olds that watch Letterman regularly. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think I, I don't know. They're doing better than we are. I don't feel that bad for them. I I just want them to be super popular because I think they are good enough that they could be. Yeah, I think they probably will be. They've got the songs, so it's not like some bands. I like St. Vincent is super popular, but I wouldn't be surprised if she wasn't as super popular as she should be because it's not it's not for everyone. But I I feel like real estate is for everyone. No, yeah, well, yeah, they're they're definitely more uh, pretty. St. Vincent can be. Um, kind of harsh uh, musically sounding and and you know just just more avant-garde i did you read that thing um after saint vincent played on saturday night live there was like somebody collected all these tweets of people saying what the fuck was that really no yeah that's not even music uh twitter yeah that's great um well your pick future islands seasons waiting on you it's a it's a really synthy eighty-ish song, that, and it starts it starts that way, and then the guitar starts, and that gives it a more of a driving quality. I thought. Yeah. And then what really makes this song different to me is the guy's voice. It, it does. It's not what I expect to hear to this synthy stuff. It's something I would I would probably hear in a blues song because it's kind of weathered and scraggly. Yeah, he, they're uh, they're from Baltimore, which uh, you don't know you don't hear of a lot of bands from Baltimore. No, um, but they're on uh they're on 4AD, home of the Cocteau Twins and uh, the Pixies in the UK. And you know. I saw that. So it's it's a British label, and somehow I, an American is it like a lot of American bands on there, or is there something that somehow they got? So I mean, there's some, but I think it's it's mostly historically been been British bands. Huh. But but they've they've mixed it up, and I mean, I think this is they have a sound for 4AD that fits in perfectly with their roster. Yeah. Um, I think they're in Brooklyn now. I, I I did read they're from Baltimore, but I, I think I also read that they're in Brooklyn now. Probably. Why would you stay in Baltimore uh, as a band? I mean, there's there's not really much of a scene going on there. Um, well, John Waters is there. That is true. Well, except he... Did you see what his last book was? Yeah, his hitchhiking book. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. I, yeah, I remember reading uh, reading some, like, blog posts or, or articles about it while he was doing it still. Uh, yeah. I'd like to read that. That's gotta be. I saw Colbert talking about it and he said there was a, he, when he first started the trip, there was a, I think it was a, the youngest state legislator, legislator in the state of Ohio picked him up and drove him for a while. Like a Republican, real conservative guy. And this guy enjoyed the company so much that when John Waters needed a ride, like, a 24-hour ride away, the guy got in his car, went to pick him up, and drove him to the next spot. This is the senator from Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Well, what? Yeah, what the hell else he got to do I in guess. Ohio? Um, yeah, I, I know. I was just bummed that, uh, that I never saw him while so I was could, out driving around. So, you could, so I could like, open the door and then keep driving. So he has to run up and get, catch up to you. Yeah. Well, come on. No, I mean at this time, and close the door and drive off. That's always a great bit. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, to me, the guy's voice kind of 
kind of sounds like some of the stuff from the 80s that I've heard. Because um, yeah. he, he does have, I mean, the synth sound is much, is very smooth and his voice um, is maybe a little more ragged than you're used to. But it's definitely like he's singing like in that whole 80s new romantic style. It's just his voice is, you know. Although, uh, yeah, I'm not saying he's singing a blues song. Right, right. No, I know I'm what you saying... mean. His voice—it sounds like he's—he's—he's he's, he's smoked a couple cigars. Yeah, it's different from the normal uh, kind of monotone human league. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, let's uh, let's take a listen. Here is uh, Future Islands with Seasons in parentheses waiting on you. I think we've talked about before i i think uh there's a lot of groups now doing the 80s sound which uh which some people complain about but i don't mind so much like if it's a if it's a good song who cares yeah if it yeah. sounds retro or not i, I don't it's know not like they're emulating the bad 80s stuff right exactly yeah it's they're not doing we built this city puppets but uh, when you when you read the books on tape for the blind, do you spell out all the exclamation points and everything and uh, parentheses you know? like I just did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As so people you know, smell- that is one of my side gigs. Um, reading books on tape for the blind because only the blind listen to those. Um, and I like I like to because I know when they read in Braille, you know, they've got the the parentheses and stuff. I don't want to throw them off. Right. Right. Yeah, they're the blind are so easy to discombobulate that. Um, uh, I don't. I feel don't feel it's my place to to take liberties with uh, when I want to insert the punctuation or not. You know, one thing you shouldn't do with a blind person is when you're having a conversation is be sarcastic because they can't see you winking, so they think they always think you're serious. Well, yeah, that that's true, but I I find that if you pinch them, they'll they'll catch on eventually. Oh, okay. After after a couple bruises, they'll catch on. Um, my next pick is shake some action uh colors exclamation point exclamation point and uh unfortunately i had i have colors exploding yeah that's the name of the song i have no info on this band um i i i looked up some stuff and one thing i found that has nothing to do with the band but i thought was pretty funny was is there is a 
a 1960s through 70s San Francisco band called the Flaming Groovies. Of course. Have Shake an some album, action. Album called Shake Some Action. Yeah, a song. Great song. Um, They're not as good, though. Who's not as good? The Flaming Groovies? Mm-hmm. Oh, I really like the Flaming Groovies. Yeah. Yeah, they started out in the 60s kind of kind of going back to 50s rock and roll, and then in the 70s they went to like power pop 60s sound. Uh, <laughs> so they were always a decade behind. Yeah, but... but uh, but I didn't mind. Like, yeah, Shake Some Action is one of the great power pop songs. Um, and this song is very power pop as well. Yes. Which yes. is why I liked it. And and um, as you would expect from somebody named after that song. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't. I, I'm trying to look now on the Internet. I'm still like when I look up Shake Some Action, all I get is the Flaming Groovies. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough Tough road when you when you pick a, a name of a band that's the exact same name as something else. Yeah, it's like naming your band uh, "I Want to Hold Your Hand." Um, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot or the hand, as the case may be. But who cares? What we don't need to know that much about them. Just that uh, this is a really good, another good power pop song. Um, very retro sounding, and uh, I like about midway through the song, things get a little weird with his distorted vocals. It's fun. Yeah, it's a it's just a fun song. Like it's it's just good pop. So let's take a listen. Here's shake some action. Exclamation point uh, with colors exploding. No exclamation point. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the first ten. Um, so we're halfway through. You want to take yeah, a let's quick take break? A break? All right. Uh, what? Let the people rest. Yeah. Uh, we'll be right back, motherfuckers. We had a comrade. A brave comrade, he could talk for whole days But then he tried to be a hero Tried talking about Shamiro To computers wearing earphones He almost died for conversation Hallucinations, good vibrations Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing Steeplechasing All right, we're back. And uh, so before we uh, go back to the list of albums, I was wondering who do you want to be, Rick Dees or Casey Kasem? In well, in what sense? Who do I want to be? Since we're kind of doing what they did, didn't they both have the 
his top songs and they would play the song and talk about them. That's a tough call because Rick Dees did record the uh, classic Disco Duck. Yeah. But, but on the other hand, Casey Kasem did the whole uh, rant about U2 uh, that came out in the group Negatives, Negative Lands uh, much bootlegged because it was taken off the market very quick. Uh, little single called U2 uh, or they did, I still haven't found what I'm looking for with uh, Casey Kasem's off-air rant tacked on the top of it. I think I've heard the rant, but I didn't realize that someone tried to sell it. Yeah, you should, I mean, they, they did, they were kind of like an agitprop, agitprop, yeah, band from uh, from the Bay Area um, in the 80s and 90s. They might even still be going, uh, but they recorded like a weird version of I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. Um, with the Casey Kasem rant over the top. And I, I think it's they've actually made it available again now for download um, for people to remix, like for free. So if you look up Negative Land, um, and E-G, I, I think there's no E after the V, um, but I could be wrong. Anyway, um, yeah, you should look that up. It's it's pretty cool. So um, I, guess I, I guess I will be, for these purposes, Casey Kasem, because... I feel like um, I am dead inside. I don't know for a fact that Rick Dees is alive, so that fits my personality as well. Nobody really knows if I'm alive. That's true. Rick Dees, in my mind, uh, looked much like Michael Keaton. Yes, he does. Um, I think so, yeah. From I think they ha- that he had a TV show at some point. I know he was a popular disc jockey. Yeah, he was. He well, and he is still alive. Uh, he was born in 1950. Um, let's really? See. Films and television. I would. I would have guessed he's much older than that. I he am had shocked. his own late night show on ABC. That's in what the it early was. 90s. Into That's the Night, starring Rick Dees. Wow. Yeah. He's also. It was canceled due to low ratings. There's a shock. Um, oh, he hosted Solid Gold for a while. That's what I remember. Um, I don't remember the late night talk show. Um, and he's also guest star on Roseanne, Married with Children, Cheers, and Diagnosis Murder. So all playing the same character. So yeah, you corpse. I mean, that's no that's no Shaggy from Scooby Doo, but uh, he's given Casey Kasem a run for his money. Uh, and I mean, especially considering he's still actually alive. And Disco Duck made it to number one on the charts in 1976. So in what way did he, what did he have to do with that song? Did he just like do a duck voice? I think so. Disco? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm sure they got some hack songwriters in to write some dumb music and, and he did that. And uh, and now he can buy and sell both of us a few times over. Not that he went to. Uh, his other hits didn't make it so high. Disco Gorilla. No, Disc Gorilla uh, was only number 56. And then, so it's like it worked with one animal. Let's try another. Right. Well, and then his third one was called Bigfoot, and then he followed that up in '84 uh, with Get Naked, and E K K E D, and hmm. uh, Eat My Shorts. Oh, that sounds like a, something he might have gotten sued for. Well, '84. It, it sounds like something he probably could have sued The Simpsons for. Oh, '84. That's true. So I, I, yeah, the, the bottom line is dude sitting on a pile of money. Um, 
But let's get off Rick D's and return to actual music. Uh, your the, next pick. The Both, Milwaukee. The Both is a really neat super band. I don't know what you call it. Amy Mann and Ted Leo got together to, to be a duet. And uh, Milwaukee is probably the best song from that CD. It's a really fun song. And I think it's it, the it was written based on when they first performed together. Like this is this is a song about that because it was in Milwaukee or Wisconsin at least. And it's a fun song. Yeah, it's really good. And I saw them. I met them uh, last Me? year. Uh, they were touring together. It was before this album came out, obviously. Um, it, but it was just the two of them, you know, with with guitars, um, no backup band or anything. And uh, yeah, and I got to meet them afterwards so and they were both really cool they're both really funny uh their stage patter which you wouldn't necessarily expect from amy mann although she does hang out with a lot of comedians so but i also wouldn't have ever expected those two to work together to work yeah no very strange it works really well and I, I think i saw some article i saw some article where the quote was it was a rocker who needed some pop and a i forget what how they referred to her who needed some rock so uh, mope. Um, I like her. I I like the stuff of hers I've heard. I haven't heard everything, but I like the stuff I've heard. Yeah, I like her too. Um, and they both are like I said, they're both like beloved of the uh, comedy community. I know they did did a lot of shows with comedians like at Largo, where they would come on and play with them and stuff. That's cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, this is a really good song. And the only reason How'd... I I didn't pick it because I knew you would would pick it. So. How were you in a situation that you were able to meet them? Uh, a friend of mine knew okay. knew her, so yeah, uh, Neat. got me a free ticket and uh, got me backstage. So yeah, it was nice. Uh, here is the both with Milwaukee. My next pick, um, I believe you pronounce her name Kalise, not Kalis. Uh, Kalise, Jerk Ribs. So uh, R&B singer, been around for quite a while, and uh, and this is her latest. And I really like this song. I like her voice. She's almost she's got kind of that Nina Simone thing going, a little bit where it's like rougher than most of the R&B pop singers you hear nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it's just nice. It's good throwback soul music. I think I I feel like I always pick one of these. Um, and and I've had there were quite a few on uh, on my best ofs um, so far this year. You know retro soul songs, but this one was my my favorite. It's not 
completely retro because it's still got like a more modern sound. Yeah. To I, I like the guitar line that goes throughout the song. Yeah, really me too. Neat. But, it, you know, it's not like it's not completely overproduced and, and synthesized like Mariah Carey or somebody like that. I was super duper shocked to find out this is the same person who did uh, milkshake. Yes, I know. Yeah. And super shocked. And most, I mean, that's not a terrible song, but it, it doesn't have nearly as much depth as this song does. This is a really neat song. It's uh, I mean, I would call it a terrible song milkshake. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, this is really this is really good, more in the tradition and and not as uh, not as gimmicky. So it's funny that uh, the the last the last thing uh, the the both I heard an interview about that CD before it came out, and I also heard an interview with her about this CD before it came out on NPR. But uh, what I was gonna say? Oh, the so I had listened to this song a bunch of times and I enjoyed it, but I didn't match it up with that interview until i was thinking about looking at the name of it and then i looked at the album and every other song uh song on the album is about food and i was like hey i heard her talk about writing this album so it's funny and and uh, kind of a cool idea mm-hmm. really song, songs idea. about food um and i like how personal this this song is she talks about her father and then when you look at her wikipedia and it's an exact description of her father is a he was a jazz musician and, you know, just so it, she, she learned a lot about music from him when she was a kid. Yeah. It, no, it's a really great song. And I mean, I don't know, I guess, you know, you, you do something like milkshake and make some money and then you can do kind of more what you want to do. Maybe but not only case. that, but milkshake is like 10 years ago. You also grow up. Right. Exactly. You do grow up. Um, uh, yeah, let's, let's give a listen to it here. Here is Khalees with jerk ribs. Sleepyhead, Wild Sometimes. It's a, it's a really sweet song from a band that I've never heard of, but I, they've been around since the 90s. Yeah, they were, I mean, they were kind of a, you know, they were an indie band. Um, never never really made it that, well, very big at all, I guess. Um, 
and it hadn't recorded in a while, I guess, but so this is kind of a, uh, not a comeback album, uh, you know, a reunion. And Don't call it a comeback. I shan't. I think that's the next line that LL Cool J mm-hmm. rapped. Um, yeah, I, I like, it's got kind of, a bit of a like seventies rock feel, but also kind of a Yola Tango feel to me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm not surprised you like. It. Yeah, they they I think they started uh their New York band New York band they started in like 1990, um, so which which you can hear. Uh, I mean it, that's what they they sound like to me. Um, but it also sounds pretty new. So I was a little bit surprised that they were that old. Yeah, which is pretty neat that they're. They've been around forever, and they can still put out something so interesting. I agree. Well, I mean, as does Yola Tango. Oh yeah, that's true. But, yeah. Um, yeah, let's let's just uh, play it for people. I, I like this one a lot too. I was glad I found out about this because um, I had known of them way back, you know, but never was never really into them. And uh, mm-hmm. and I saw this, and I was like, oh, is that that same band? And and it was so. Uh, yeah, let's play it. Here is the see, other thing I like. Just one more thing is that we talk about this all the time when we talk about different songs. But they do some of the do 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 do, and I like that's in there. Always, the, yeah, the do do do's and la la la's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's Sleepyhead with Wild Sometimes. Haunted Hearts, uh, up is up, parentheses, but so is down, in parentheses. Oh, thank God, I almost had to fill it in. I was a little, I was on edge. Now I'm, I'm here for our blind listeners. Um, so this one is uh, one of the Dum Dum Girls and her husband, which Pat informed me of. Um, but a much different sound because this is more like, this reminds me of like '90s Britpop sound, kind of. And then also like kind of sent more synthy. I can hear that, yeah. Whereas Dum Dum Girls, I I feel like um, I always like associate them with more garage rock sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so and, this. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. This song is from a concept album that they put together about the S and M scene in in 1970s New York. So we've got a couple concept 
we've got a sci-fi concept album, we've got a food concept album, and uh, then we've got a S&M 70s New York concept album. Uh, it would be great if somebody could mix all those up together into one big concept album. Grant Hart, get on it. Really, I didn't know that about this about this album. Yeah, there's a, there's this song. This song's words aren't quite as blatant as, but apparently the other ones are more. It's more clear what the album's about. I'm, but up is up, but so is down is kind of. I guess you can kind of twist that to mean to be a S and M. I guess so. Um, it's pretty specific. New York in the '70s S and M scene. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how different that was than the S and M scene in like Boise today necessarily, but. But you know what? They're the artists. Who am I to second-guess them? Nobody. You are an artist. Well, I'm... I'm a... Of, of feces. True. The end of this song is really haunting. Yes. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. But it's it's just three notes played over and over again until it's just, it's just haunting. Which will probably not be part of this clip, so uh, you guys will have to go buy it if you want to hear all that. Um... But yeah, let, let's play it. Here is a song from a concept album about S&M. Uh, Haunted Hearts with Up is Up, parentheses, but so is Down, close parentheses. Soda, Young Reckless Hearts. Yeah, and I heard I I don't know how I heard about this. I, I read an article about uh, this album, and they were saying that it was like power pop, which it kind of is. I I yeah, I guess I hear that, but it also sounds kind of garagey. Garagey, yeah, bit. definitely. The way he sings, like it sounds like he's through a megaphone, but then the chorus comes on, and it shows that that's just an affectation. It's not it's like they're purposely trying to sound that way, which is cool. It sounds good. Yeah, and the whole album is is more got kind of that rough sound to it, mm-hmm. um, a bit more lo-fi. Um, I I wouldn't say like yeah, garagey, maybe like kind of Ramonesy, but not really. It's it's definitely more um, '70s power pop than like the punk pop that the Ramones were. Right. Yeah. But uh, this dude is this is one guy too, basically. I think. Um, Matthew Melton uh, came from Memphis, and 
it's really hard. We're looking at, we both looked him up on Wikipedia, uh, but it's kind of hard to figure it out because he's from Memphis, but then it says he was based in Austin, but then it also said he moved to San Francisco. So I don't actually know if he's in Austin or San Francisco. Um, but either way, there's probably a lot of uh, fat, naked people walking around. And this is this album is like each song is about different ways you can be hurt in relationships. So another concept album. Well, that yeah, that's kind of a. I mean, that's kind of stretching the idea of a concept album. I, there, there have been whole. There's a whole genre called country music that that's basically the concept. Um, but yeah, it's it's decent if you like uh, if you like kind of the lo-fi sound um, with with good melodies. Sometimes it annoys me when they when they deliberately um, try to junk up the sound because mm-hmm. um, I think it can detract from the songs. But I think this one works really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's play it. Here is Warm Soda with Young Reckless Hearts. My next pick is uh, the Horrors band I've been into since they started, and they, when they started out, they were kind of more, um, I don't know, like they had a very 80s indie sound, maybe little Jesus and Mary Chain, um, some of that. But this album's more synth heavy, um, so it's still 80s, but it's more uh, in the 80s electronic. Yeah, I've, I, I, I would, listening to this song made me think of Echo and the Bunnymen. Yeah, and another one that I would compare their their older stuff to. Um, yeah, a little a little Echo and the Bunnymen, more like more like dark and gloomy synthy mm-hmm. stuff. This uh, is another song that was on my list, but I never emailed it to you, so I was I was happy to hear it. Yeah, it's it's just good. I mean, this Real is a fun song. This is the kind of stuff we we always are gonna like. I feel like, um, and and if you don't know the horrors, you should check them out. I think uh, I think they've got three albums out. Not quite sure, but th- it's all good. Uh, I lo- there's something specific I like about this song. Is later on in the song, the, the synth the synth sound kind of gets a solo or just by itself, and it, it lays the groundwork to, for his voice to return really well. I I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's um, anybody our age, I think who who listen to the music we grew up listening to would like this. So, um, I think young people would like it too. What's that? Young people would like it too. Don't, don't age it. That's true. Well, I mean, young people are just listening to recycled stuff from our era anyway. So yeah, they, why wouldn't they like it? Uh, here is the horrors. So now, you know, Forget all the things you could have 
your next pick, Pat. La Sara, Losing to the Dark. Yeah, and so this is another one from one of the girls' bands, the Vivian Girls. I, I, I felt like her voice sounded like it was from the 60s and the music was its own thing. It's yeah. Like this hardcore sound with a 60s voice and the lyrics. Oh my God, she's angry. And it's really, it's still fun. Yeah. Oh, I lo- I have no problem with anger in music, as you well know. Um, yeah, Vivian Girls, this is slightly different. This is definitely more um, like, it's got that squealing, squelching guitar sound. <laughs> yeah, but it, it works so well in this song that... I just like how sarcastic she is to to the the object of the song. It's what a shame it must be to be in love with me. How about you write another song about how fun you are to drink with at the bar? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a good fuck off song. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, I like the uh, I like both the Vivian girls and the Dum Dum girls. Um, to, and it's it's cool when. Uh, these people keep doing like these different side projects and stuff. So, but the Vivian girls are broken up. Is that right? Oh, are they? Shit. I didn't even know that. Um, I think so. Could be. So this is just her whole new thing. I thought it was just a, a side project. They weren't even around very long. The Vivian girls. Um, anyway, well, well, this is a nice next step. It's not, it's like I said, it's not entirely different from the Vivian girls anyway, but, uh, but it's a, it's a solid, angry song that uh, is also very catchy. So let's listen to it. Uh, La Sera, Losing to the Dark. is another one that we recently talked about um, although we didn't talk about this song so I guess it's it's all right uh, this my pick is Bob molds who will probably always have a pick on my list um, if he releases an album that year and uh, and the, the the picks are worth it it's not like it's a bad song it's not no like it's no going to nostalgia it's, it's a really it's poppy goodness yeah it's another one that's uh, kind of power popish um definitely sounds like uh sugar mm-hmm. his 90s band um and but but yeah there's no uh i mean i guess the lyrics are kind of downbeat as usual but but the music is all very bubbly it's not it's not gloomy or or melancholy at all and filled with energy yeah 
Yeah, I saw him play this on uh, Conan, I think. And yeah, they just like tore through it. So um, I, I'm not going to waste a lot of time. I talk enough about Bob Mold on this podcast. Let's just play it for people. Here's uh, Bob Mold with I Don't Know You Anymore. Next is my choice, Bitch Prefect, Adelaide. I I think this is just a fun song. The guy sounds so bored all the way through, and it, but it, the music itself is really energetic and peppy. It's a fun song. They're all, I guess they're from we we decide they're from Australia. Yeah, they are from Australia. Oh, which which brings me back to uh, brings me back to Shake Some Action, which we didn't know anything about, and we found out they're. Uh, based in Seattle, but the uh, the main dude in the band is from Australia as well. Um, yeah, they're from Australia, uh, which I guess Australia or England is the only the only people who are going to use the word prefect in yeah. their songs, so it makes sense. Um, yeah, it reminds me of, uh, I know I've talked about this movement before, the C86 thing in the 80s. Again, um, like, like kind of bedroom recorded or, or cheaply recorded indie pop from the eighties. Musically, that's what it reminds me of, but I agree. I like, I like his, uh, bored vocals. Um, and I don't know. I think that's all we really know about them is that they're from Australia, right? Yeah. I, I wasn't able to pick up anything else except on their Facebook page. It says bitch, bitch prefect will be forever. Oh, so there you go. That's, that's, either... and they also have a star, in, in that word for I. So it's B star TCH prefect. Oh, so it, they could be talking about somebody else like Butch prefect or a uh, right, Bolch right. prefect or Bzzzt prefect. So, wow, oh, that's, that's kind of, uh, yeah, that's a bit cryptic and kind of ominous that statement as well. Um, but yeah, let's, let's just play it. Uh, I don't, I don't know what we can add to it. Uh, I think prefect is actually a misspelling of perfect. That's oh. all I have to add. Well, like I said, they're Aussies. They they're not all that educated. Let's let's listen to it. Uh, bitch prefect Adelaide.
to the final song, which was my pick, uh, Craft Spells, Breaking the Angle, Breaking the Angle Against the Tide. And uh, apparently, they started out like it's it's one main dude, and then whoever else he he's got like a rotating cast of other players, I guess. Um, but he started out in Stockton, California, um, same as the band Pavement. And as far as I know, those are the only two bands anybody knows. Oh well, Chris Isaac. Chris Isaac from Stockton. I think so. Yeah. No idea. Did Did you ever watch? I guess it was a long time, like 10 years ago, there was a Chris Isaac show on Showtime. I didn't watch it. Was it any good? It was wonderful. It was surprisingly good. It was a, it was a comedy. And it was it was about him, like his life, and the band was in it. But it was a comedy about him and his life, and really well-written. And he was able to make fun of himself pretty well, as were the other members of the band. That Yeah, I, I do want to see that. I remember when it came out, but, you know, it was this was before all the streaming and everything. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if it's available anywhere streaming. It's it's one of those things that, that kind of isn't really popular enough to put out on DVD. So who knows if, if it's available anywhere. Yeah, it just gets lost. He was mm-hmm. one that I was always surprised didn't make it bigger because I feel like he had a couple, like, hits. Like, obviously, Wicked Game, you know. He had a couple chart hits, and uh, he was really good-looking. And he was also, I thought, talented, and his music wasn't... Uh, wasn't shitty for like mm-hmm. for popular music. I thought, you know, he he came from like a good tradition of like, you know, Roy Orbison and that kind of stuff. Right, right. But he never really yeah, never really got as big as I I thought he would have. Um none of which has anything to do with craft spells who sound nothing like Chris Isaac. Nothing at all, but they sound great. They they it's another song one of those songs that I always talk about where I one of the things I enjoy about it is that he's singing with the with the music. With the melody, yeah, the the melody line, yeah. Um and it's it's more eighties sounding stuff, I guess, kinda kinda that gloomy pop. I don't I I, I just don't picture it as an eighties sound to me. It sounds more now or or 90s than 80s really but i guess yeah i don't if i heard this song just on the radio i wouldn't think of a of an 80s reference when i hear it but i might be right might, i might i just, might not be thinking of the right right bands yeah i might just reference everything to the 80s um yeah i don't know it reminds me of some of the like the more downbeat synthy stuff back then um but regardless it's it's not like they they do sound modern, as you said. Like it it fits in with with stuff that's going on today perfectly mm-hmm. well, yeah. um, and and just really weird that the dude's from Stockton. But I, I think he's they relocated to Seattle or something. You said right? That's what it says on their Facebook. Yeah. So I, that makes I mean, who the hell again? Why would you stay in Stockton? And much like Baltimore, um, if you want to be involved in music. Uh, move to move to Seattle where uh, Peter Buck lives. But here is let, let's just play it. Here's I can't believe last week we had an entire episode about the Muppet movie. Not once did we talk about Mike Mills. We I know we didn't mention Scooter at all. I don't think. No, I don't think so. We talked about Max, who I also think looks a little bit like Mike Mills, but not Scooter at all. Mike, and Scooter was in both movies. Mike Mills is the most. Muppet-like man in rock. That's true. Scooter was in in both. I forgot that he was actually in the second one. Um, he wasn't in. It. He was only in it for like one scene, I think, wasn't he? 
Brief. Oh no, no, yeah. No, he he was the one that was cleaning up when he the, was cleaning up, and then uh, Kermit asked him to go on. Right. To right. Introduce. Yeah. Um. Right. So craft spells, breaking the angle against the tide. Here you go. is our top 20 of the first six months of 2014 and uh there are have been tons of other great songs that have come out during this time too um which, and we'll talk about them next week <laughs> which i should have written down some more like just as recommendations for people but uh i didn't so uh go figure out your own lives you mentioned one what was the uh, you mentioned we're passing out pieces by Mac Mac DeMarco. Oh yeah, I do. I, that's another one that almost made both of our lists. So yeah, check that one out too. Um, I mentioned that off the air, but yes, I did mention it. You know, what I, I want to mention. I didn't want to put it on the list because it's a little. I didn't. I don't know. Not that it was weird. It's just I didn't like it enough. But I really do like it. Everyday Robots by Damon Albarn. Oh, the Damon Albarn album. Yeah, is there, I liked actually both of the songs. I. Um, yeah, put on yeah. Lonely Press Play was the other one, but yeah, I like I like the whole album. It's it's all kind of that same mood, um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, very uh, very kind of I don't know, almost spy musicy, um, like '60s spy music, but also very uh, kind of mopey, <laughs> but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the Damon Albarn is is great too. Um, lots of lots of great stuff so far this year. I, I would say, uh, what the Saint Vincent album, um, and the uh, damn, what was what was the other one? Uh, who was counting backwards? Why can't I think of it right now? Real estate. Real estate album. Um, I both heartily recommend. I'd um, recommend those two and the Broken Bells album. And Broken Bells, yeah. And, and the uh, Beck album. Oh yeah, the Beck album has grown on me, and uh, the Bob Mould album is good too, as as is the Horrors. So there you go. You can you can check those out and go from there. Um, are those our recommendations? 
Oh shit! I know. I don't. I didn't. I mean, that can count as recommendations. They can. So. But, but I don't know. Do you want to do a, a different recommendation, or did you? Not no, have anything? I have. I have recommendations, or I. I don't. We can save it for next week. I no. Yeah, do way. it. And and I will. Uh, I will scramble madly to think of one while you're doing your recommendation. Okay, my recommendation is a science fiction novel by Charles Strauss. And I have to look up the exact name. I think it's Neptune's Brood, but I have to make sure I'm saying that correctly. It's not next Neptune's brother or Neptune's boob. But anyway, it's it's a space opera with all kinds of economic uh, theories thrown around. Some of it I didn't understand, but it was really, really well written and really fun. So there's but, a lot of singing in it? Yeah. Oh. Do they give you like the musical notes so you know how it goes when you're reading along? Well, you know how modern books are. They're they're basically computers. So as you read the book, when you open the singing page, it just starts singing at you. It's like 3D. It pops up out of the page. Oh, just those the big pair of lips? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's good. Have you found out what it's called yet? Neptune's Brood. Neptune's Brood. Okay. It's, no, was, was that the one I read? Yeah, it was good. I will most likely not read it. I didn't think you would, but um, it was good. And I am going to recommend... Oh, you know, I'm going to recommend... Uh, because I believe it's stream... I think it always was streaming, actually, this one. Um, but now, you know, Amazon ha- Prime has, like, all the HBO shows streaming. Um, so I think it's up there. But if I haven't recommended it before, the Larry Sanders show. Oh, is Larry Sanders show part of the Amazon Prime deal? I don't know, because it was... Like I said, it was streaming before. Like, it was... I think it was the only HBO show that they had streaming like on Netflix and stuff. It was on Netflix. Yeah. I just, I, I had watched halfway through and then stopped. And when I went back, it was gone. So I, I wasn't, I was be neat if it was. Yeah. I, I, I do. I am not sure, but if not, you can also always also pick up the, uh, the DVD set. It's usually, you can find it pretty cheap. Um, but that was one of the, that was one of the great, uh, really the beginning of, I feel like, um, a lot of the modern great sitcoms. Yeah, it's also the beginning of uncomfortable comedy. Uh, of, definitely, right? Yeah, Ricky Gervais starts there, for sure. The Office. Um, Wait, he he was a part of that, or you just mean he used it as a reference? No, or... yeah, I mean his his whole style of humor starts yeah. there, okay, yeah. and as well as um, celebrity cameos where celebrities kind of uh, portray themselves in a negative light. I think yeah. started with the Larry Sanders show as well. I've talked about it before. Is I like the Larry Sanders show, but sometimes when I was watching it, it felt like someone came from from the past to the future and watched those uncomfortable comedies and, and went back to write the Larry Sanders show because it has a lot of the uncomfortable stuff, but it also had that that kind of goofy '70s misunderstanding comedy in there too. Sometimes, yeah, but so it had a little mixture of both. Which yeah, it, it worked fine for that show, but it was it was a little jarring watching it. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I've watched rewatched some recently um there's nothing better than jeffrey tambor jeffrey tambor is the greatest on that show as as is rip torn oh yeah Looks... yeah rip torn's really good in that he rip torn had the little run on 30 rock and it's a shame because it was it was not that good he wasn't no, he, was, he wasn't show. used to the best of his abilities on that right and i think he was getting a little crazy yeah point, so maybe they, they weren't able to use him but but on when uh, Larry Sanders, he is, he's wonderful. He's, he's, it's kind of like one part he, in, in one part, the character is like maniacal that will def- 
that will you know rip people apart if they if they cross Larry Sanders. But the other party, he would do anything that Larry Sanders says. He like kisses his feet. Yeah, he's a both. They're both great characters, Jeffrey Tambor yeah. and and Rip Torn on that show. And and you have to give it up to uh, Gary Shandling for like basically giving them better roles than he gave himself. <laughs> I think with Rip uh, Rip Rip Torn's character, I don't. I think someone else could play it just as well as him. It's a good character, and he does a great job, but I think someone else could do just as good of a job. I don't think anybody could do the Jeffrey Tambor's uh, character as well. Oh, no, yeah. Because he's a pathetic character. Somebody else would just be annoying. With him, it's, it, it works. He's lovable. He's lovable, funny, and annoying, and a jerk. It yeah. All wor- it all works together. Possibly the most sympathetic asshole character ever created, yeah. Um, actually, I'm going to do a second... Uh, old TV recommendation just because uh, Viv and I were talking about it last night and uh, I want to buy it on DVD and or or at least make this shit available streaming uh, Homicide Life on the Street which yeah, was I, I didn't I don't think I've ever watched the whole thing through but at the time it was on I remember watching it and enjoying it same yeah and I don't know if I yeah I'm sure I haven't seen every episode and they kept like I feel like it was one of those ones that kept moving around the schedule and stuff, so you never knew when it was going to be on. Well, it was a show that never got the ratings, but it got enormous critical, critical. acclaim. Yeah. So they, they couldn't take it off, but they never really had a spot for it, because even when it stayed in the spot, it didn't get people watching it. I mean, they even did things like had... Uh, uh, Law and Order crossovers. Or, and, yeah, crossover with Law and Order. In fact, it was such a big crossover that the Belzer went over to that show. I mean, that, he took the character with him. Right. Uh, yeah, I, it's uh it from what I remember it was um one of the best dramas uh, especially for that time. Oh yeah, um, it was and, groundbreaking. And I had I, Ned Beatty to start with, so they're get, they're getting like dramatic TV, uh, movie actors in a TV show, which was a big deal. Yeah, and Andre Brower, of course. Um and yeah. it was put together by Barry Levinson and the guy who did The Wire. Yeah. David so, Simon. And, David so. Simon and, and Levinson at that time was was a pretty well respected movie director, so it was a big deal. He was doing a, a TV show. Yeah, and I I just have to imagine that it holds up, but I I wish it was more easily available. Like the DVD set is you know for the whole series is still really expensive, mm-hmm. and they, it hasn't been streaming anywhere. So uh, yeah, I, it stinks. Yeah, which I don't understand. You'd think they'd want to make maybe make some money back off of it, and let it stream, but. Anyway. Maybe it's one of those deals like WKRP. It's hard to get right. Well, why? It's not like there's yeah, a lot. Yeah, there's not a lot of music in that that I remember. Um, yeah. So those are my recommendations. Two good ones. So, um, yeah. I'll rec. rec- no, I won't. No, yeah, do it. Bob Newhart show. Oh yeah, we talked why? about it a lot, but I don't think we've ever recommended it, and people should watch that because, much like Mary Tyler Moore show, which we did an episode on, we we'll, we'll almost certainly do a Bob Newhart episode at some point. It's just well written, well acted, and it holds up. Yeah, and and uh, it's I don't know. I guess it's kind of a trope, but like the one sane man, where he's Bob Newhart is is the only one who's not crazy, basically, in the whole yeah. show. Yeah. Um, but he's so deadpan. He's got that basset hound face. Uh, fits perfectly for the character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Everybody should watch Bob Newhart show. I uh, tried. Uh, we talked about recently. Welcome back, Cutter. I tried watching that, and you know what does hold up? 
I like that song. Oh, yeah. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. I don't even know if that's the name of the song. Um, John Sebastian. Yeah, I mean, the song holds up, although it is kind of depressing, really, when you listen to the lyrics. It's still a very nice, pretty song. It's a pretty song about uh, a dude who tried to go out in the world and make his way and failed at it, so had to return to uh, to his roots. Welcome back. But, yes, the TV show don't bother with. Um, I can't think of a show on today that has a theme song as good as that. I can't think of a show today on that has a theme song. I mean, Bang Theory. What's that? Big uh, Bang Theory. God. Yeah, that's true. And it it's, isn't it They Might Be Giants? Don't they do that theme song? No, it's uh, it's the uh, oh, Canadian, it's, the Canadian right. They Might it, Be Giants. So. Yeah. So, yeah, not nearly but, as good. What's their, is it the President's United? No, what is their name? Bare Naked Ladies. Naked Ladies. Yeah, so... Skip the theme song, skip the show. Um, but most shows today, like even like Community, their theme song was like ten seconds long. You know. That's oh more. yeah, but that was such a catchy song. It is. It, it sticks in your head. Um, but some shows don't have anything at all. They just skip over any kind of uh, uh, theme of the show at, at, just to have content, which I I admire. Yeah. I mean. But that really was the heyday, I guess. You know, welcome back, Cotter, Sanford and Son, greatest American hero. You just jumped ten years pretty quickly. The facts of life. Oh, Alan Thick. Cheers. Oh, Alan Thick. Alan Thick did not write the Cheers theme song. I did read. I I read a pretty interesting interview with the guy who did, and he he mistakenly negotiated himself into a great deal with that theme song mistakenly negotiated himself into the way it sounded like he wasn't like he didn't know exactly what he was doing but he was happy that he ended up doing it that way i'm sure he was i think the producers wanted to have more control over you know the money and he's he's like nah that doesn't sound good but he was he had no power so it wasn't like he could ask for a lot but somehow he he ended up with it so he's like yeah i i made up pretty well well that might have been like around the time they were like redrawing up um the uh the royalties for that kind of thing because if you remember i mean that was the whole deal with wkrp right and and even freaks and geeks which was on later but like it was that was a a real problem with them uh releasing it on dvd was was the song rights you know yeah i understand with wkrp i don't understand with freaks and geeks i mean that was that wasn't even uh that was in the 2000s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think 1999 to 2000. Um, so stupid. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it worked out for the Cheers, dude. It did not work out for WKRP. I got that first season on DVD, and it it's really fucking jarring watching it without the original music. Especially when you remember the... Like, <laughs> like the scene with Les Nesman putting on the wig and hot-blooded by foreigners playing... Um, Terrible song, but perfect for that scene. And then when it's just some generic hard rock hack band, it, yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't work. So I don't know. Maybe one day they'll sort that out and get the real WKRP back. But is who's the most successful freaking geek? Most success got to be James Franco. Yeah. Okay. I was just thinking him or or, or uh, Siegel, but oh well. Uh, we're also forgetting uh, Seth Rogen. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, and don't don't forget Joe Flaherty, but his success came pre-built. Before, yeah, he was yeah he was the most successful going in definitely. Uh, I wish the uh, counselor had done more stuff. 
Was that the guy, the guy with the long hair? Yeah. He's been he's always in stuff in the, in the, in the side. Yeah, he's always he's always a a bit player. I guess he was on some Comedy Central show about the naked trucker or whatever. And, but yeah, never, never heard of that. <laughs> oh well, exactly. I saw the the pilot of uh, next or this current season, or not the pilot, the the first episode of the current season of uh, Drunk History, and it was really funny. Oh, I got to check it out. Yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't watched. I'm not the whole thing. There's just one they had online with with uh, Peel from Key and Peel playing. I forgot who he played, but anyway, it was funny. Well, um, write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Uh, like us on Facebook. Yeah. Tell your friends to listen. Rate, rate us, us highly on iTunes. iTunes. Yeah, sorry. That's Didn't all you can do. You could do more. Oh, if you want to be a guest, let us know, and you will. we'll be happy to have you on as a guest. If you want to send us money, let us know. We'll set up a PayPal account. No, no. Cash in the mail is fine by me. Okay, Pat will take cash. Um, I'll take. Well, that's true because uh, with cash in the mail, you don't have to. You don't have to claim it on your tax return, I guess. Yeah, cash in the mail. Um, hit us up. We'll give you the address to send it to. Or fancy dinners. I'd rather not get a fancy dinner in the mail. Um. And next week, well, we don't know what we're doing next week yet. We're but... doing next week. We're doing. Aren't we doing the? Top 10 from 1980 versus the top 10 from now? Oh, that's right. Yeah, so we're going to do 1980 versus 2014. We'll talk about music, films, TV shows. Hold on. Uh, and the common cold that exists in 1980 compared to the common cold that existed in 2014. It's much more uh, antibiotic uh, resistant now. Mm-hmm. All right. Well... I think that's good enough. So uh, until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.
direction that took to the hills And I really got hot When I saw Jeanette Scott Fight a triffid that spits poison and kills Dana Andrews said prunes Gave him the runes And passing the muse lots of skills But when worlds collide Said George Powell to his bride I'm gonna give you some terrible Double feature picture 